It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, oh baby, we Ball Bunny's back. We back. <laughs> Isaac Harris is back with us. We got the Mavericks. Another win over the Grizzlies. They clinched the season series, and the defense is real. Isaac, are the Mavs going to the championship? Let's go. Let's talk about it. Okay, we'll talk about it on today's Like a Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Maps your first listen every single day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. And we're about 580 subs from 10K on YouTube. Had an incredible week on YouTube last week. Thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in and joining me. As always, my co-host, contributor, writer, Mavs.com, the one more thing king, the Weeback boy. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? So good to be back. I'm rejuvenated. I'm ready. I'm ready for this finals run. I'm ready (laughs) for this trade deadline. I'm no, but seriously. You more than held down the fort. I mean, some great guests, some good pods. Mavs I kept built on. Like an, I built like an an ensuite on. <laughs> the Mavs kept on winning. I, you know, I, I tried to. I, I took you know the past week off from my full time job. I was back in you know, Kentucky with my family. Got got to see some snow, which is great. It was Ooh. amazing. Um. But shout out to the people who reached out because like some people thought I was like legit something wrong. DM like I fired you. <laughs> got some like texts from people, you know, like, hey man, you you doing okay? I haven't heard yeah. from you. I'm like, my heart was warm. And uh, but no, man, the the Mav the Mavericks like run right now is it's been a fun one. And it's been fun to just like kind of enjoy it with some family, watch a few games and not like have to really like take notes and watch it from like a working angle watching the Suns game the other night, even though they lost that. But they I feel like they've turned a corner. And now we're like venturing into this realm now of, well, are they are they in that group? Like are you know, like how are fans like viewing it now? And I got some bigger question I want to throw at you, whether it's t- on tonight's pod or or tomorrow. But big, big time win against Memphis tonight that I was a little scared about going in, but man, they answered it. Mavs get a win 104 to 91 against the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. were there, but they were without Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, um, Kyle Desmond Anderson. Bain, that's, he played down the street, right? And the Mavs absolutely took advantage of it, but the Mavericks uh, get a you know three games to one series win against the, the Grizzlies in the regular season, which is going to be big for the tiebreakers later in the year. The Mavs now have the tiebreakers uh, against the Nuggets and the Grizzlies. Those feel like big ones, right? And the Mavericks still have, 
you know, the opportunity to get it against the, I think the Clippers and the Lakers, and there's still opportunity there for them if they, if they're going to need those ones, maybe, maybe they, maybe they won't, but you know, since I've been out, um, well, how's the Lakers been? I, don't, I haven't got to keep up with the Lakers or any of the storylines. Have they been? Have they been pretty good? I, how's Westbrook been? Oh, it's uh, it's a full on train wreck over there with Westbrook. <laughs> full on, full on. But this game, in remember. this game, I think I think the big thing was the Mavs defense. The Mavs defense is real, mm-hmm. and you were talking about how watching this Mavs team over this last stretch, especially if you're just watching as a fan, and I know you listening, just been watching it and thinking. This Mavs defense, is it real? Is it not real? Last week, at the end of the week, I went through and gave a bunch of defensive numbers about why this team has been good. And this game was sort of indicative of all the things the Mavericks have done. The Mavericks have been able to, they they run you off the three-point line. They don't allow a lot of threes. Grizzlies only took 24 in this in this game, and they only hit four of them. So they, they made them take tough threes. They make them make they make you take a bunch of uh, mid range shots, and they allow like the an average amount at the rim. And usually they're not great at defending the rim, but Chris Porzingis in this game erased all of that. He was yeah. incredible around the rim. He had six blocks, and he honestly probably should have had like a couple more <laughs> because there were times when he was just like altering so many shots at the rim. Uh, there was a play where John Morant just drove down the rim. I think it was in the third quarter. John Morant drives. It goes right at the rim, and Porzingis doesn't get counted for a block, but Ja has to completely change his shot and then misses the rim entirely because of Porzingis you know, impeding his advancements there. And that doesn't count as a block, but it counts as Porzingis definitely taking advantage and being an incredible you know, good defender around the rim. It's, it's, to me, the best game I've seen Porzingis play as a Maverick as a defender. He had you know, the six blocks tell it, but it doesn't even tell the whole story. Yeah, you know, the line of Hamill hey, prove people wrong, you know, the counter to that or the other angle to that is like Hamill hey, prove the people right. Mm-hmm. KP post game. I'm going to prove Anthony Anthony Edwards right tonight. Uh, <laughs> making him proud. But, making uh, ant, yeah. making ant proud. Shout out to Ant uh who who called him the best, you know, rim protector, rim protector in the league. In the league. I yeah, I, I mean KP played he defended I mean like you say he defended the rim tonight. Um you know, he had a block in the second half, I want to say it was on Jaron Jackson. I just didn't even think he had a chance at getting just the angle he had, and he got it around the rim. And he just changes so much whenever he, you know, he can do that. And he's healthy, he's moving, you know, quicker. I, yep. Has Luca lost weight? Like, I mean, he's he's been running around a lot. He looks slimmer, and I I feel like it needs to be mentioned. You know, no one's asking about that unless I've missed it. Unless it, you know, it's happened. I've I've caught a few pressers here and there over the past week, but it, it was just a note that I I made when I was watching. I think the Suns game. I looked at it. You know, I was obviously watching him tonight too. I feel like he's lost some weight, and I feel like it's something that it will. I think this will come out over the next few weeks of. And I could be wrong. I think somebody will ask. I think somebody will do a little digging and some little report will come out and it'll be like, hey, quietly, Lucas dropped down you know, 25 pounds. T- you know, Lucas <laughs> dropped 10 to 15 pounds over the past month and it's factoring into his defense conditioning. I, I mean, what did Jason Kidd praise tonight at the very beginning at post game? His defense. Like yep. he thought he played. He's like, I, you know, I don't want to tell him that. I don't want him to know this. But uh, he had a really good game defense, you know, defensively too. And well, he finished. I mean, he finished with three steals and a block. Like he is getting in there and, and he's closing out and he's doing things that don't even show up on the stat sheet defensively as well too. I I just hope that that comes out if it, if it's true. If if my eyes are deceiving me, then whatever. 
because, but I, I feel like he has, I feel like he's quicker. I feel like he's healthier. I feel like he's slimmer because it, we all know that storyline that happened over the, and it was true. Like it's not, it yep. wasn't a false narrative type made up thing. It was true, but I, I want him to get that credit. And I hope it does come out of man. This dude really flipped a switch and said, okay, I'm like, we're, we need to take this next step as a team. And so anyway, I just, I feel like he has, I could be wrong, but I feel like he has. Well, and he's looking just better overall right now. I mean, his last couple of games here, he had the 40-point game. He had the game against the Suns that was really good for the first three quarters. And then he had this game, 37 points, 11 boards, nine assists, one assist shy of a really good game for Luka. Hit a couple of threes. One of them was taken off the board because of a shot clock violation. But he technically hit three threes in this game. We'll, we'll, we'll give it We'll give it to him. Right? And, like, and the function of making the three, he needs that for his confidence in his shooting right now. So we'll give it to him. Well, this big game against Memphis, you know, it was on the 14th of January that they beat Memphis by 27. That game, he had 27, 10, and 13. A triple-double. He almost had a triple-double tonight, 37 points. A um, little bit of a, uh, hey, don't forget about me type of we're playing oh, Memphis. Oh, oh, you're leading in the all-star voting? Oh, you are, John Brandt? You, you I, think, I felt, you I think felt that? that. I felt now, that. Maybe coming up after the break, we can talk a little, a little bit about. I, I want to touch on a little bit about Ja and Luca. He's back and already teasing into breaks. I, Let's go. He's I want to touch a little bit on form. that, but and then we could get back into the game. But I, I think there was a little bit. I don't think you admit it, but I think there was a little bit of uh, added motivation in this. We'll get into that, but before we do, let me tell you about True Bill. Truebill helps you if you've signed up for a bunch of different subscriptions, like over the holidays, you signed up for all these subscription services because, okay, this family member wants to watch this thing. This family member wants to watch this thing. You're, you're wanting to watch your Mavs. You want to do all this stuff. And you're like, oh, dang, I forgot about all these, or I just can't remember who paid for them or who's who's in what's account and all that stuff. You just it's kind of a blur of the holidays. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need or simply forgot about. On average, they help people save up to seven hundred and twenty dollars a year with Truebill. You, you'll need that money. You can get you can use that money on a, a John Morant jersey or you get another jersey, give it to Memphis, and then they'll give you a John Morant jersey and two tickets, right? Do you, you see that? Uh, True Bill Concierge is there to help you to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams anymore. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now to truebill.com slash NBA. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. We also want to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. New year, new you, new snacks. That's what you need. Built Bar. They're delicious. How many Built Bars do you eat on your road trip? Oh, a couple. That They also have the coconut brownie in the snack size, too. I was checking Whoa. those out the other day. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You can get the coconut brownie chunk, which is our favorite flavor. If you get that flavor and don't like it, then uh, I don't know. I'll buy you the other box. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Because there's no way you won't like that flavor. They're so good. The churro puff bars are still there as well. You can go check out those. If you like the puffs, those have the marshmallow. And these bars are delicious, but they also are pretty good for you. Go check it out. The coconut brownie chunk, 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar in a bar covered in 100% chocolate. I got one right here. I'm going to eat it after we finish the podcast. They're awesome. Check it out. Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. All right, Isaac Harris, thanks for making Locked On at Mavs your first listen every single day. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th. That's coming up, man. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. It's at 3 p.m. or it's at 2 p.m. Central Time. And so the Locked On NBA crew, 
uh, my crew will be covering it from all angles from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Central Time. Join our anchor, Kim Becker, along with our boy, John Corrales from the Lockdown Celtics podcast and the GOAT, Josh Lloyd from Lockdown NBA Fantasy Basketball, who does an incredible job over there. They will be uh, holding it down. If the Mavs make a trade, you will hear from one of us. I will be there producing it, and you'll also hear from NBA veteran Antonio Daniels. Get the analysis of every blockbuster move, so subscribe to the Locked on NBA YouTube channel and check back for our NBA trade deadline show. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this game. The Mavericks' defense was just like like smothering from the beginning. Mavericks finished the first quarter 24-16. to The Grizzlies only scored six. The Grizzlies, <laughs> they scored 16 points in the first quarter, 18 points in the second quarter. Like After that, I mean, can you just can you win games if you're scoring 16 points and 18 points in quarters? I'm just not sure it's even possible, especially with the Mavs you know, scoring 24 in both of them. Like, I don't know if you come back from that because your offense at that point as a team, if you're the Grizzlies, is just so out of sync and so it's so it's being so smothered. You'd have to go through some kind of crazy three point shooting stretch to get yourself out of that hole. Yeah, they're kind of letting Jaw do his uh, do his thing. It's not to take away away anything from Jaw and. I'll go on my Luca Jaw thing here in a little bit, but you know Jaw had you know had thirty five in this game, uh, didn't hit a three, but fourteen or thirty one. But I think you was I think it was you tweeted out during the game that you know with them missing those guys, you know on, on their team that you know they're missing their wing guys, and you know <clears throat> they still had Jaron Jackson and and Jaw in this game, but but still it, like Desmond Bain matters so much on this team. These Dylan wings, Brooks. Dylan Brooks guys, you know they they just matter so much, and it's almost like they. In a way, I, I think even Coop asked Luca this after the game of, "Hey, did you just like let Ja do his thing and then you know just try to take everyone else out <laughs> type of thing?" Um, which shout out to Mark Followell, friend of the pod. Get back soon. Uh, be healthy. Big time uh, friend of the pod. He was. He said a lot of nice things about us while you. Heck gone. yeah, Mark's awesome. And uh, so hope you get to fill in well, Mark. Um, but yeah, man, their defense. I mean, you know, Statmuse had <clears throat> had this tweet after the game of. The Mavs have held opponents to below 50% shooting in 23 straight games. 23 straight games. Man. Like that's insane. And this is another opponent they held under 100 points tonight. This game you mentioned so I tweeted out about the, the this Grizzly team was missing Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, and then also Kyle Anderson coming off the bench. Those three wings changed the dynamics and the the geography of the the Grizzlies offense, really. And so in this game, all the Mavs had to do was take care of that 1-5-1-4 pick and roll with Ja and Steven Adams and then Jaron Jackson Jr. kind of doing some stuff here and there. Maxi and Porzingis, I thought, did a really good job on Jaron Jackson. He went 4 of 17 from the field. One of those was a 3 that he hit. Uh, and besides Maxi just, like, popping him in the, in the nose with his elbow and, and like, making him <laughs> yeah. bleed his own blood... Uh, they did a really good job defending him and, and like holding him down without having to throw doubles or do anything like that. And so when they don't have those other wings to be dynamic, to, you know, to do the things that we've seen Dorian and, you know, some of these other wings like Tim Hardaway and Brunson do over this last stretch is, OK, you get the ball and somebody qu- hard closes out on you. You got to drive and you got to make another pass. You got to, you know, swing the ball to the right player. You got to make those moves. And they, those guys then tonight, Zaire Williams and, and Chanchar, like they like Conchar, they didn't have that. In this game, and so the Mavs, they could just leave those guys alone, basically, and just worry about that one-five-one-four pick and roll with Jaw, Stephen Adams. And they were able to defend that really well. Porzingis was able to defend the rim really well, be a really good help defender because that's where he's best is if he's coming over and help. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's he wouldn't have to defend Stephen Adams upright. I mean, he's not going to post up on you very much, so he didn't have to worry about that at all. 
And that's how the Mavs are able to play some really good defense in this game. And uh, their defense, I thought, won it for them. And then Luca, you know, scoring 37 points yeah. and just take it, taking it to them. That was their offense. Luke, Luca, you know, Luca is so good. He has these games that I feel like we haven't had a ton of them this year. No. Of that it's just easy. You know, he's just out there having fun. And it feels like, you know, one of those, um, it feels like, you know, you'd have those like parent or the like the teacher versus like the high school team with like a, you know, an assembly or something in school and like the whole school's watching. It's like this fun and the best players are out there, you know, the basketball team, they're like scrimmaging the teachers or something. And the best players just like kind of like laughing, having fun across it. Like that's how I felt like Luca was playing tonight. And he was just were the having Grizzlies fun. the teachers or the high schoolers. The Grizzlies were the teachers that were like trying, <laughs> but like like the school teachers, not like the teachers yeah, of right. basketball there. Um and but Luca, I mean, he's just like smiling, he's just like laughing throughout the whole game, like and making these ridiculous passes. Like it, you could almost like tell it early on in some of these Luca games where like, oh, okay, you're throwing these passes with you know, like nine minutes to go in the first quarter. You're already laughing and throwing these passes right now. Like it's gonna be one of those nights. He had some passes tonight that defied the laws of physics. Did did it did it spin? Was it I wanted? Like was that Angelina Jolie? Like I think he curved the bullet on a couple of those because it there's just no other way to describe what he did. So Luca in the uh let's see the uh maybe it was the camera in the first angle. quarter in the first quarter with 7 minutes he drives and goes post and then two players come over to double him thinking that he's going right at the rim so they both go vertical on him luca holds the ball until he comes ba- he's coming back down to earth and then he spreads his legs out so his landing is like uh delayed and then he chucks the ball over and you think the ball's going to maxi who's standing about two or three feet four feet inside of the three-point line you think that's that's right in his line of sight you're thinking okay luca's throwing this ball to maxi He's defended by John Morant. Maybe Maxi gets off a little, you know, floater or something there. But instead, it curves around Maxi. Maybe it's just the angle of the the camera angle, but it looks like it curves around Maxi, goes to Dorian in the corner, and Dorian hits the three. Like Luca did that a couple times in this game, where he hit some guys on some passes, where you're like, oh, there's some there's some mustard on that. There's some extra English on that. He, I don't know what's he, that. Tell me a, the in, the, in the YouTube comments. Tell me a, a condiment you use in Slovenia. I don't know if they um, are they big into mustard in Slovenia. I don't know. <laughs> but let me know. Put some extra. I don't know. Tell me a tell me a condiment. Okay, Luca job. Ja. I'll do this and then it'll go and we can go into the third break. Ja, second, second break, but okay. second break, third second. <laughs> <laughs> let me shake the rust off. Yeah, the rusty rest versus rust. I I love Jaw, and Jaw's one of my favorite players in the league to watch. Like a top like. If I had to do like a top six to eight players that I enjoy yeah. watching outside of the Mavs, Jaws one of those guys. I think this has the potential to be one of the like a cool, really good rivalry for like the next few years of like it has the potential, right? Like I think Jaw can be that good. Luca is obviously that good to where like we could like set back and be like, oh man, Grizzlies Mavs matchup and look forward to it and look forward to Jaw versus Luca. It'll be like a lot of fun. What what I've been in, you know, the all-star voting has kind of created this thing. What I don't like is we ha- now we have to, for some fans, for some Mavs fans, of, like, now we got to be against Jaw. 
And like we got to try to take our shots against Ja because Luca's going against Ja for that like all star spot. And now we got to like try to dissect like how Ja's like not Luca and all this. I'm like it's just the same thing as Trey Young all over again. But but it's not like the Trey thing. They're they're always going to be linked. Like I get the Trey thing. Like because it was the trade. It was draft night. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a Horcrux there between the two of them, right? Like there, there's some yeah, I mean, real there's pictures connection. of them of them on draft night wearing the opposing team hats. Okay, so yeah. like. It, that will always be linked. And then, you know, just the hostile part of, you know, some of that fan, some of the media that covers Trey, that's not even really media. It's just his fanboys and, you know, Mavs fans and everything talk soon. And it, it, that, that is, I get that. Okay. <laughs> I get that. I don't <laughs> get the jaw stuff of jaw deserves to be an all-star starter. Luka Doncic deserves to be an all-star starter. Only one of them probably will. And I'm not yeah. going to be upset about it either way. I just don't like the Ja versus Luca pit against each other because I love both of these guys. And I'm I will be thrilled if this becomes a rivalry over the next few years because it'll be a lot of fun. They're really, really good young players. Okay. That's my thing. I it'll just want to say that. It'll be fun. Coming up. What else stood out to us in this game? Luca, how how has he been uh going on this little run here? How is he really starting to bounce back and look like an MVP Luca again? Who is struggling for the Mavs? What other contributions did the Mavs get in this game that gave them the win? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about betonline.ag. If you put down any money on any of these (laughs) NFL games this weekend, you were sweating it out big on betonline.ag. But they already have the, uh, the championship games ready there for you. Kansas City Chiefs against the Cincinnati Bengals. My Cincinnati Bengals. They open up. The Chiefs are a seven point favorite at home. Ooh, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big split right there. The Rams open up as a three and a half point favorite against the 49ers at home. So if you're feeling good about either of those teams, go ahead and put some money down. If you think the Bengals can pull the upset or you think they can make it a close game and keep it within seven, then boom, go ahead and put some money down. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So you put down 50 bucks, they'll give you 25 extra. You can put down on it and then you can win even more. Check it out. Betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Isaac Harris. The Mavericks won this game. They took care of business with their defense. And honestly, it didn't feel close the whole game. And the Mavericks have kind of owned the Grizzlies a little bit here um, over this this last couple stretch. Now, there's been guys missing out and out here and there, but Luka missed a game. Um, there's just been all kinds of weird stuff with everybody missing players, but um, the Mavericks feel good about, about a team like Memphis. And then now Ma- the Mavericks have this tiebreaker in a series against Memphis. How confident are you? The Mavs would, would get a win now. Like a win or like, let's, a series let's win. say that they're, they're the four or five. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We got that. You're feeling confident about that. Yeah. I'm for, I'm pretty confident in that. What makes you confident? What about this Memphis what did you see in this game or what have you seen in these last couple of games that makes you confident about the Mavs if they were to face Memphis in the playoffs? Well, we got the best player in the series in Luka. Um, you know, I would pretty I, easily, I would say. Like, Jaws having a really good season. Let's not take anything away from him, but Luka's the best player. 
Yeah, yeah. Luca's the best player, and I, I just believe in their defense and that. And like I I like Taylor Jenkins, but like how many times it to bring in NFL here, how many times can Cooper Cup get open? Okay. I, I just don't understand how some people like how teams don't guard Cooper Cup in American football here. And in the Rams same receiver, way, yeah. In the same way, like how many times does Luca and them have to put Steven Adams in a pick and roll? Like they just pick and rolled them to death some in the second yeah. half. And I'm like, I mean, I'm fine with it, but I'm like, I, at some point, make an adjustment. I mean, Coop was like calling them out on the broadcast of like, well, why are they switching still? I can't believe this. <laughs> what are they doing? I and, love uh, curmudgeon Coop when he just like gets like bombastic about something. He's like, what are they? I can't even. Harp har- um, har- had a moment where he said Tim Hardaway. Uh, he thinks he's going to be one of the most important pieces for the Mavs over the second half of the season. But I mean, um, you know what's in the second half of the season? The All-Star Game. I promoted it. I promoted it earlier in the trade deadline. <laughs> Harp right. may not be right. Harp may not be wrong about that. <laughs> but but no, yeah. I mean, if they face each other in a playoff series, I mean, don't look don't don't look now. But the Mavs are only three games back from uh, our uh, our boss's team. The Utah Jazz. Well, they're so, they're having they're they're three and seven in their last ten. They're having a moment right now. Like, what if they catch the Jazz coming up? Like, that's something we all didn't. They think can. Of. They're three games out. That, I, that's I not know. I know. I know. It, it's it's wild. They're only four that. games back from Memphis now. Yeah, it, it's insane to think about that. But if they face Memphis in a four or five matchup, um, one, I'd be like, thank God it's not the Clippers. I'm just so sick and tired of that crap. Yep. Um. But yeah, I mean, you'd definitely be a little worried because John, I, I do think Jenkins is a good coach. I like, I like their depth. If all them, you know, if they're all healthy and stuff. And Dilla Brooks, I mean, he's just gonna be annoying on Luca in a yeah. playoff series, and he'll foul out in like I don't know, sixteen minutes. But I, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be confident though. Snarky Isaac coming back from vacation. Yeah, did I, you know I, Desmond Bain went down? He, he, he went, he. Went to school, like right down the street. Yeah, I, I think this game, and I think one of the keys is Porzingis. If Porzingis can be this good like he was defending the rim against some of these guys, then I think that that's, I mean, that's so big for them. And yes, Steven Adams playing and having to play a big role for them does make it easier for Porzingis to play the type of defense that he did because he's he's in the same areas of the court that he, he plays good defense in, right? Like he doesn't have to go out on the perimeter and guard guys. He doesn't have to guard a, a Jokic or an Embiid, somebody like that one-on-one. He doesn't have to do those things. He can be kind of around the rim as that help shot blocker and be incredible at it. And that's what he does best as a defender. That's what he's always done best as a defender in the NBA. Uh, and so if he can be, and if he can just be better than Jaron Jackson Jr., that's just such an advantage for the Mavs. Cause then all of a sudden, you know, the Mavs have the, the they win the best player between Luca and Ja. And then you have your second best player, you know, that back and forth between Porzingis and Jaron Jackson. If Porzingis can keep winning that matchup, then all of a sudden it's just it's so hard for Memphis to come out of that and uh and get enough from those wing guys that they were missing tonight to uh to beat the Mavs. Like like if Utah and Memphis are fully healthy, I think, you know, and they're sitting there at like the, you know, four and five or whatever they are in in the seed. I think you're gonna start seeing teams try to angle for Memphis. Because I, I think teams will over want the to. jazz? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't think either. So the teams that would be angling are the Suns and the Warriors. I don't think they care about either one of those teams. I think they would be either one of them and just be confident in it. I mean, I mean, teams like, you know, like Dallas, Denver, 
you know, the teams like oh, five, yeah. six, you know, that would be trying if to If one angle. of the Lakers or Clippers like starts to, to rise Exactly. I'd be trying to angle for Memphis there in like a four or five or something like that. Because like I get Utah struggles and stuff, but at least Utah has been there. Like we've seen Mitchell drop 50 in a playoff game. Yeah. Like when oh, if they're full. Ja, we've seen Ja drop some, some points. Yeah. Well, yeah. But like they, you know, Utah, they have the experience. They have you know, vets and all that. But I don't know what Utah is going to look like past the deadline either. They could really switch some things up. I don't know. If they, I mean, what are they going to do? I, I mean, well, Jordan Clarkson doesn't have ankles anymore. So, oh, <laughs> um, but has like, I going back to their defense. I feel like we said for so, you know, with anything, anything like when, uh, what's the like saying of like, hey, something has to happen so many times or over a certain period of time before you call it like a habit or yeah. whatever it is. And it's like, you know, we watched that defense happen there for a few games. Like, oh, okay, they held this opponent to under 100, you know, shooting, play really, you know, man, they're scrappy, whatever. Whatever point you want to draw that line in the sand of saying, all right, that's that's the point right there to where that's where I'm going to make a conclusion about the team. I think we're past that. I'm comfortable saying I think Dallas is a good defensive team. And because I've said on this pod early on, <clears throat> got to see more, right? Like, got to yep. see more than a week. Give me a couple of weeks. Give me how many ever game. I want to see them through this stretch of games. I mean, their season was defined over those first, you know, the, those five games of the season early on in the season. I don't know who would say that, but I think somebody said that the season was defined then. And... <laughs> So I, I don't know why we're even playing the rest of the season since it was defined already. But I, I like I'm past that point. I don't know what that point was. I can't tell you a game that I said, OK, bam. Now I believe they're a really good defensive team. I think I've seen it long enough to say, man, OK, let's do this. Like they're a really good defensive team. And this coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for that. 17, cool. 18, 18 games, 18 games since Denver. So since uh, December 4th, they they beat Memphis then. 18 games that they've had a defensive rating under 110. That's I mean, they're Let's just go. like that. That to me is like that's the amount of time you need to make it a habit to where we're coming out and the Mavs are coming out and expecting to play that way, expecting yeah. to exert that much energy on defense. Luca is coming out expecting to uh, be held accountable by players and by people on his team for not going to an assignment or not closing out hard enough. And I think guys are keeping each other accountable for that. You're hearing a lot of talk on the court defensively, um, you know, from the backline center, whoever's in there or from Dorian or from Brunson even, or Luca just pointing and saying, all right, you go here, you go here. We're all going to make sure we're organized and make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And yeah, I think that they've made it a habit at this point. The Mavs are, the Mavs have the fourth best defense in the NBA. What the what does it tell you? What does it tell you that they're doing this with a roster that they've had? Like, like all of these guys, we've heard breaking news here. A lot of these guys have been on this team for a very long time. Years. Okay, I don't. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. If anybody's pointed that out, <laughs> who has said that? You know, some of these guys have been here for a while. But like Doria, Dwight, KP, Brunson, Luca, Tim, like. I mean, how many of these guys we've seen here for at least, you know, three years, something, you know, they didn't make some sweeping changes over the offseason to where like two guys in the starting lineup are, you know, these defensive lockdown dudes that they brought in. And man, so 
I don't know. I don't even have an answer for this. I'm just saying, what does it tell you? Whether it's like a scheme, whether it's a coaching staff, whether it's, hey, you just get the team to buy in. This is what shows. This is a result. If you can get a team to buy in, this same roster that sucked at defense last year at times, <laughs> now look at them right now. These same players, basically the same rotation, is a really dang good defense. What does that tell you about coaching? What I, I don't know what the answer is. I just it's just something I've been thinking about. I think some of it does still come down to they added Bullock, they added Brown, they've brought in Josh Green as a as an actual rotation player, and so there's three guys coming off your bench Moses. that are going to, that are going to there's three guys cut three guys coming off your bench that are going to be good defenders that are going to help you know Frank Nelikino whenever he plays, but those three guys coming off your bench all of a sudden now you got a tight defensive rotation to where you're not bringing somebody in and it's just a complete defensive liability right like they only yeah. have they have very few players on their on their roster that are just complete defensive liabilities right it's it's probably tim tim uh brunson a little bit still even though he can he's been a little bit better Luke that's has, the that's the brunson test of huge brunson can play incredible rest of the regular season pass the trade deadline and everything but ever i think everybody's just watching what does the playoffs look like for brunson and yeah, but that's all he knows that he said that he, to he us. Knows it at, too, yeah, he said that to us at media day after that Clipper series when he was kind of basically played off the floor because he couldn't defend his spot. He said, I we got to be better. I got to be better. I will never forget him specifically saying that. And just you could just hear that there and was like, so him much looking at us. I'm like, I feel like your, your eyes are like I've piercing. Been, your... I've been watching a lot of Star Wars recently, and there's a line in A New Hope where Obi Wan Kenobi goes, you know, back in the Clone Wars, and you're like, he said that in a new hope back in like 1977. And now you think about all the different like series and shows and things that are, have been about the clone war since then. That was just a one single line that he said in that movie. And it's been made into so much and there's so much behind it now. And I felt, I felt that in Brunson's like, I gotta be better. There's just so much built from him behind that of like his work in the off season, his thoughts over after that, you know, series, his like he's just spent so much time thinking about that and wanting to be better and wanting to not be a liability for this team that I, I think that um, it's a big that's the big test for him. And he knows it. Yeah. Everybody else, though, is a, is a solid to good defender. Porzingis has been was a liability last year and is now not right. He has completely taken that step. Healthy. Uh, gotten healthy. Here, I'll take a I'll take a sip out of my my new Mavs cup that I that I snatched today. Jealous. There's nothing in it, but did you know he started the season healthy? First healthy off season, but he's become a good defensive player. Maxi has always been good. Dorian's always been good. Um, you know, Dwight I think has been good in his role now. Kid didn't change his role. <laughs> like, like that's a throwback to an. Old We're just Mac. throwing them all back right now. Does he <laughs> so, block shots and keep them in bounds? Or <laughs> <laughs> that's a throwback to an old lockdown Mavs uh, bit. But but I think Dwight as a backup big as an energy guy off the bench has been in it. That's a great role for him. We always yes. said that that's a good role for him. Twenty to, minutes a game right there. Twenty minutes Max. a game. Come in, you know, like jump around, <laughs> like all that all that stuff. That's been good. And so I think their rotation is tight. Where all of a sudden it's only Tim that's kind of been your liability defensively, and he holds his own every once in a while. It's not like he's yeah, you know, um, yeah. he's not Trey Young, yeah. but he's he's not good either, right? Yeah. For for talking about the scale. And so I think having that rotation has allowed Jason Kidd to get away with some more stuff, but then they've also just been tight. They've been defending on that end. They've been communicating on that end. It's been, um, yeah, the coaching staff has gotten them to that point. And, you know, Sean Sweeney is credited with the defense. So yeah, give him credit. Yeah. And when they played Orlando, I thought it was telling that um, Jamal Mosley 
you know, before the game, I think it was pregame, um, you know, had a, a big thing about their defense and how much better, you know, Dallas looked defensively and some things they were doing. And I was like, man, like, I'm one, I miss you. Um, <laughs> Do you ever think Jamal mostly is like, damn. <laughs> Why didn't like, they try? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't they try for me? Um, my, my one other observation Why didn't for, they try for me? for, uh, while I was gone is that's like when you, it's like when you break up with somebody and they go and they're like a way better person with the next person, you know, like they're just, they complain, they get in shape. They like, why didn't you try? Yeah. Why didn't you try <laughs> with me? Um, <laughs> so you just got an Apple watch, right? And I did, yeah, you know, funny. when you, uh, there's a thing on the Apple watch where it tells you like to stand up, like if you've been setting for too long, it's, they told me that at the game, I was like, I. I can't. I'm doing a job. Do you think that Theo Pinson wears this during the game? Because <laughs> my man, it, it tells him to sit down. Actually, <laughs> like, I Theo Pinson's Apple guy. Watch tells him to sit down. Dude, there are so many times in this game, in, in any Mavs game, <laughs> that the whole bench is setting down. Jason Kidd included, and yes. Theo Pinson standing up, like He's hollering at people, and I I'd never leave this team. Theo. Between him and Boban. They should just keep those two guys forever because the camaraderie and the chemistry like, kind of hinges around those guys, it feels like. They're just yeah. always Bob there. Like, Dude, it I hurts see- my knees too much to stand up, but I love everybody. <laughs> well, the, the crowd at the end of the game is chanting, we want Boban, we want Boban. And like between that and just Pinson like, high-fiving everybody in the timeout after in every single stoppage of play, he's he's the first guy to, re- to meet everybody when they come back to the bench. Like Just that kind of stuff I think matters and makes the team kind of believe in themselves in a weird way. Just a guy, you know, slapping you five. <laughs> Love you, Theo. Don't leave. There you go. Guys, we will be back. Isaac is back in full now. We have both done our vacations, so we won't be out for a while. We got this stretch run coming up. So we got some... Uh, the Mavericks Rick, have just Rick gone. comes to town on Saturday. The Mavs have have now gone through their tough games here. They played the you know they played the Suns. They played the um, so now they have the the Warriors coming up on Tuesday. So I think is, that's a tough. I was gonna say this. Yeah, this is the this is the the last of the tough games here. Um, Warriors. Um, the Mavericks will play there on Tuesday. That is a big one. Uh, is that Mavericks, Tuesday or Wednesday? It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Uh, and then then after that the stretch gets easy. There's one more game. We'll have it all. We'll break it all down. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Now make Locked On Bets your second listen today. Go check it out for the NFL stuff they'll be breaking down and get your money. If you want to bet on betonline.ag, you got to listen to your boy Q and Lee Sterling for all the best expert analysis and insight on Locked On Bets. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.